Praise the Lord. 1 John chapter 4, and we'll start reading at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. But this, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we know and believe, we know and believed the love of God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have of him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your spirit who is here to minister to us and through us, and that God, all Scripture is inspired of God, and it is profitable for teaching. Lord, would you teach us this morning? Would you open our hearts and our ears and our understanding? May the love of God be made manifest May we understand more clearly just how much God loves us. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us, and may it be especially upon this, your servant, that this word might come forth. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 
In this passage, there occurs probably the most single or the greatest single statement about God in the whole Bible. And it's found there in verse 8. God is love. What a statement that is. It's amazing how many doors that one single statement will open for your thinking. How many answers to untold questions comes from that one single statement, God is love. But this, state, uh, this chapter not only talks about the love of God, but it also has some things here to say about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit. First of all, it says that Jesus is the bringer of life in verse 9. God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. That we might live through him. I want to tell you something. There is a big difference between existence and life. There's a lot of people who exist, but they really don't have life. And the eagerness by which men seek after pleasure tells me that there is something missing. That there's a God-made void in every man. Did you know that Americans spend... Well, first of all, they give about $3.5 billion a year to their church. And you say, well, that's a lot of money. It's more than most of us will ever have. But in comparison to what they spend per year on pleasure is nothing. They spend $150 billion a year on pleasure. They spend $14.5 billion on liquor. They spend $5 billion on TV sets and radio sets. They spend $3 billion on boats. And they spend $1.5 billion on records. So in comparison, the $3.5 billion that they give their church is really nothing. A famous doctor once said that man could more easily find a cure for cancer than he could for boredom. Seems to be the cry of the age. I'm bored. It's boring. I don't want to go to church. That's boring. 
Jesus gives a man an object to live for. He gives us not only the object to live for, but he gives us the strength to live. And he gives us the peace to live that life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Our life should be the most exciting thing that's happening on the face of the earth. I'm excited about the things of Jesus. Glory to God. I, I think it's anything but boring. I think it's an exciting life. Alice was telling me that she, she was feeling kind of sick a couple of Sundays ago and she was going to go to this Baptist church down in uh, Virginia. And she said that she was about ready to crawl back in bed and God said, but what if I want to use you? So she got up and got dressed anyway and God ended up using her in a mighty way that morning. God wants to use us. Isn't that exciting? Oh, hallelujah. Living with Jesus turns mere existence into a fullness of life. We sang that song this morning, Every Day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I, I just... I just get more excited. You know, as I, I, I've been studying prophecy lately. And when I get to studying about Saddam Hussein or Insane or whatever his name is over there, <laughs> and I get to studying about the, the things that are taking place in the Middle East, I just get so excited. Jesus could come today. Everything is culminating down to that end time. I want to tell you, it's exciting. Secondly, Jesus is the restorer of a lost relationship with God, verse 10. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big $10 word. Propitiation. It means to appease. God sent his son to be the sacrifice that would appease or satisfy the law so that he could do it justly. Hallelujah. When man sinned, Relationship was broken between man and God. And sacrifice was the expression of penance. And it was designed to restore that relationship. Jesus, through his life and death, makes it possible for man to enter right into the Holy of Holies right into the throne room of God. Hallelujah. We're no longer 
foreigners and strangers, but we're part of the family. Oh, that's exciting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This relationship becomes one of peace and friendship with God. Friendship with Jesus. Fellowship divine. Hallelujah. Praise God. He bridges that awful gap between man and God. Jesus gave himself as an offering for sin. He was both the sacrifice and the high priest that offered the sacrifice. He's everything. He's our all in all. Glory. And you know what prompted this? The love of God. That's what it says here. It was all started and prompted by the love of God. People, this morning, God loves you. And it's not just mere gushy, mushy words like people speaks. He loves you with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. Then thirdly, Jesus is Savior of the world, verse 14. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Of the world. It's for whosoever will. And it wasn't because the world was so great, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But you know, this is the condemnation. They chose not to believe. They chose not to believe. And they're still choosing not to believe. You know, men were conscious of nothing so much as their weakness and their helplessness. Seneca said, men were looking for salvation. They were desperately conscious of their weakness and in uh, necessary things. They wanted a hand let down to lift them up. Salvation is more than just deliverance from our sins or punishment from hell. Men need to be saved from themselves. They need to be saved from their habits that have become fetters. Eric could tell you a lot about that. There's a, he works with those teen challenge people every day of the week. 
and they come in to the Teen Challenge program and they're bound by their habits. God, God sets them free. Hallelujah. We need to be set free from temptation. We need to be saved from our fears, from our anxieties. We need to be saved from our own follies. Jesus offers salvation from all of these things. Hallelujah. Oh, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Glory to God. We're no longer slaves of sin, but we're free from sin. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. He enables us to face time and to meet eternity. Hallelujah. And then last of all, Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. He alone can show men what God is like. Philip said to him, show us the Father that we might believe. And he said, Philip, if you've been with me so long and you say, where's the Father? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Hallelujah. He alone can bring men's God's grace and God's love and God's strength and God's forgiveness. Hallelujah. These things are made real to us. How? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. See, these things are not made real to people by, by the fleshly mind but by the Spirit of God. These things are not discerned by the fleshly mind, but by the Spirit. Verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. I remember when I was in Martville, we, uh, we had this young lady who was uh, helping me with the youth group, and uh, there was this Baptist family came in, and she told them, you can know that you're saved. So they went home, and they were all excited about it, and they told her mother, you know, we can know that we're saved. And they wouldn't allow him to come to church there anymore. She said, that's ridiculous. Nobody can know whether they're saved or not. Yes, you can. It says so right there. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love 
has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. We know. I know that God came into my heart and into my life because he is in my heart and he's in my life. And I, my mind doesn't control me anymore. It's the Spirit of God. And there's a change that's taken place. Hallelujah. It's the work of the Spirit to make us aware of God's presence. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. No one's seen God, but I know that there is a God. I know He's my God. I know that He has sent Jesus into the world to become the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. And it's the work of the Spirit to give us the certainty of peace. You can have a peace that passes all understanding. Peace that goes beyond anything that the human mind has ever comprehended. Hallelujah. It is the spirit in our heart which tells us when we're the children of God. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are now we're going to be, we are the children of God. Hallelujah. And so in our text this morning, I find that we're confronted not only with the love of God, but the sacrifice of the Savior, the Son of God, and the work of the Spirit who makes these things real to our hearts. There's another scripture that says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost. And if God so loved us, what should be our reaction to these things? He says, it says there, if God has so loved us, then we ought to so love one another. Amen? And so when we come to the communion table, this is known as the agape feast. That's what it is. This is a love feast that was... It was started by Jesus Christ on the night in which we, he was betrayed. He was having fellowship with his disciples. 
And after he had prayed, he broke the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. For you. You know, no greater love has any man than this that he lays down his life for a friend. He said, this is my body broken for you. And so when we come to the communion table, we ought to take these things lightly. We ought to, I, ho I hope the ushers have already gone to bring the others down. Okay. So when we come to the communion table, we ought to apply these things to our own lives. We ought to hear through the Spirit, we ought to hear the voice of God saying, the voice of Jesus Christ, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then we realized, this is my body broken for Mickey, for David. For Betty, for Eric, for Jesse. Just to put your own name in there. Jesus did this for you. You see, the Father loved us so much that he sent Jesus. And Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to die the death on the cross. And he said, I want you to love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. And so we shouldn't come to the communion table unaware of the body of Christ. After the same manner, he took the cup. And after he'd supped, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. As often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. He was saying, I paid for your sins. I've made the ultimate sacrifice. And I love you so much that I did it willingly and I'm coming back for you. And as often as you drink that, that's what you're proclaiming, that Jesus is coming back for a church. For a church. He's coming back for his body. He's coming back for his bride. There's going to be a wedding feast. And we are going to be the spotless bride of Christ. Hallelujah. Could I have my ushers at this time, please? Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. I'd like everyone praying. First of all, we need to thank God 
for his great salvation. Then we need to search our hearts. We need to do as David did and say, Lord, if there be any wicked ways in me. We need to confess our sins and accept his forgiveness. We need all relationships right in the horizontal so that they can be made right in the vertical. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, as we look at the broken body, these elements rec uh, represent, we realize just how unworthy we are of the broken body of Christ. Father, this cup represents his shed blood. And we're not worthy of one drop of that blood. So we come as unworthy participants this morning, made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. We ask your blessings upon the elements of communion. Lord, we ask that you help each of us to make ourselves ready to receive now. Amen.